to hump your leg like a dog. That's a barking song. All right, goddammit, this is Benny from Dover going to give you the once-over. I'm stepping in for producer guy. He's out doing boxer shit tonight. I'm coming to you straight from Toad Suck, Arkansas, originally born in Possum Grape, of course. I've been hauling boats from Toucan Car, New Mexico, all the way up to Bend, Oregon, and I'm ready to settle down for a piece, goddammit. I'm madder than a box of frogs, and I've been busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, and I'm here tonight to deliver you some news about motorcycles and shit. All right, first order of business. My goddamn cousin, the producer guy, is out. This says producer on the paper. That ain't how you spell producer, is it? Shit, give me that, give me that pencil. I'm going to put it. ain't no S on here. All right, now it says producer. You got to put a fucking S, man. You got to learn to spell. All right, well, in the way, shit. My little cousin, he out doing some shit. Out doing some biker ass shit, if you ask me. I'm bringing you the news tonight. I'm going to bring you the show today. So if y'all don't like it, you can kiss my ass. All right, them's my custom sound effects. Might be me calling in. So, hey, man, first order of business. Producer wanted me to tell you, shout out to some new places since he last checked his statistics for his website. Oh, not the website. Hell, I got Boomer over here helping me out. It's my first time doing this shit, man. Thanks, Boom. So it ain't in the website as the show. Well, hey, he wants to give a shout out to some people here in the good old U.S. of A. Now, y'all's a bunch of Yankees, but we still love you. Wisconsin and now Michigan and a bunch of cool sounding towns in Pennsylvania. I've been to Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, but I ain't been in none of these other places he got listed out. Uh, he says that basically every state except for South Carolina Please tell a friend in South Carolina to get the fuck awake and, and listen to the goddamn show. Let's get this map of the U.S. covered, all right? We, be, we got every state in the goddamn union except for South Carolina. I know there's riders in South Carolina. I got friends in South Carolina that rides, okay? You know what I'm saying? I haul boats through that shit, and I see people on the road all the fucking time. So come on, South Carolina. Get on it. Australia. Brunswick. East Burnley. Petrie. Wallstonecraft and Melbourne. Thanks for all the goddamn listens, y'all. Great out north of Canada. We've been hearing from folks from Yellowknife, Mississauga, Stony Plain, Woodstock, Vancouver, and Chilliwack. Hell, I like the name Chilliwack. It sounds kind of cool. That's what I call them. Start calling my wiener Chilliwack. In the UK, if you are from the greasy, greasy, oops, if you're a greaser, right? Everybody in the UK is a greaser, ain't they? Cafe racer rider dudes. All was drinking the coffee and tea and shit. No. Boomer just shaking his head. Sorry, Boom. All right, man. The UK. We got East Greenstead, Ellie, or Eli, hell, I don't know, in London. Thank y'all from London. Oh, shit. This one's going to be hard. I need to, I need some help, Boom. All right. You saying Yada? But there's two L's, man. Yada? Are you sure you speak Spanish? All right, if you're from Spain, tell me if you're from Lieda or Yeda, as uh, Boom is saying, Yeda. But thank you to Spain. Thanks to everybody who's given us the damn listens, all right? He showed me the numbers, too. Thank. I'd like to thank the whole state of Wisconsin, because it looks like every damn person up there is listening to the show. All right. Well, that's a shout-out. If you know somebody that ain't listening to this song, 
right before you punch them in the ear, you better tell them to stick a earbud in it and listen to the show. See if they like it and then punch them right in the face, right in the ear, whatever you got to do. Whoops, I guess I ain't done yet. Boomer's shaking his head. All right. This part, got to read this part. You going to edit this shit out? I sound like a total dumb-dumb. All right. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, the Google Play Store, anywhere you get your podcast. He's got a bunch of them listed out here, but I ain't going to read them all. I don't know how to pronounce half these fucking things. Hell, I drive a truck. I don't listen to computer shit. So anyway, give us a review. Leave us a review in iTunes. It certainly helps our statistics out and helps us see where people are listening and what they want to hear about and gives us feedback on the show and uh, all that great shit. Also, it says email the show at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. That's some computer bullshit there. Also, uh, you can find us at www. Uh, dot facebook.com forward slash creative writing podcast and check us out on tumblr creative dash writing dot com no dot tumblr dot com or on the web at creative dash writing dot com all right did i read them all right all right i'm shithead Reading ain't my forte, damn it. So that was a tough list for me to get through. Hell, I got more reading to do as well. So listen up. I'm going to try my best to get through with this tonight. He said if I ain't do it good, he'll do it when he gets in tomorrow. So all right, everybody listen up. I'm here to talk to you a little bit about something I know about, which is goddamn Sturgis, right? Sturgis is coming up this weekend. Producer guy wanted me to tell you about it because I've been there. Sturgis is one hell of a ride. You want to see a lady with three titties? Go on to Sturgis. You want to see a dude breathing fire while he's juggling his balls in his hand? Go to Sturgis. Man, you want to see people throw buffalo chips, literally like a handful of buffalo shit? It don't make no sense, but they do it. Hell, go to Sturgis. You want cheap beer? Don't go to Sturgis. It's expensive as shit. You want some... Shitty clothes, yep, you can get those at Sturgis and all sorts of other shit. I mean, they just got, like, everything you can imagine. And uh, it ain't just for American-made motorcycles, which I proudly own and ride, but I see a little bit of everything there. Hell, there's a bunch of crazy people on on them, like, uh, rice crotch rocket things coming up there every year, and I've seen them. And, I don't know, to me, just uh, a bunch of flashy bullshit, but, you know. People come in on all sorts of shit, so I guess it don't matter. But anyway, yeah, man, I, I just uh, take a tent, do the low ball sort of thing, just hang out and party, make, make a bunch of new friends. I got about 500 new friends every time I go up there. So, you know, you're never alone when you start this. Anyway, there's going to be a bunch of shit going on. We're going to be flat track racing. Hell, there's a ride like every day you can go. There's a bunch of shit on the outskirts that you can check out. Uh, you can go to One-Eyed Jack's. That's my favorite place to go eat. And I, actually, I think that's like a, um, I ain't 100% sure, but I think One-Eyed Jack is a, a euphemism for your dick. You know what I mean? Anyway, good place. Check it out. All right, so that's Sturgis in a nutshell. There's a bunch of shit going on. He want me to read again. Oh, damn. All right, so Sturgis. What's happening at Sturgis? Well, 76th Sturgis. Last year was a fucking amazing 75th, man. Three quarters of a century up at that place. So the motorcycle rally officially kicks off on the 8th. 
Uh, and it keeps going full bore until the 14th. Now, like I said, you can you can make 500 new friends. You ain't never going to be in need of a place to stay. You know what I mean? Y'all just got a place to hang your hat and kick your boots off and toss your undies in the corner. <laughs> so what I like to talk about is uh, a bunch of shit here on this list that he wrote down for me. August 7th, Curry Hart, Curry Hart. Carrie Hart. Thank you, Boomer. Carrie Hart and the Bostrom Bros will be hosting the good ride of benefiting the Sturgis Brown High School welding class. Hell, I like welding just as much as I like drinking cheap beer. Milwaukee's best. Natty Ice is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Natty Ice. Kickstand's up at 10 a.m. They're going to haul ass around. I think Carrie Hart is also the, I want to say he was the Grand Marshal maybe last year. August 8th, the 14th annual Mayor's Ride. It'll benefit, benefit the Volunteer Fire Department. The uh, the MC is going to be Ben Bostrom this year of the of the uh, Mayor's Ride. And hell, you know, the full throttle burned down last year, and the Volunteer Fire Department needs all the damn money they can get. August 12th, Angel's Ride. Who's Angel? Well, that's what it's called. Angels ride uh, with the road captain, Michelle Thompson, kicking off, and it benefits the Nature Conservancy. A lot of beautiful nature up there, actually. I mean, a lot of beautiful nature everywhere except for this damn hole. I'm in L.A. right now, by the way, hanging out uh, while producer guy's out. And this is, I got to say, one of the shittiest parts of the country I've ever been in. Head up, head up, head up, head up. <laughs> Head up on the Sturgis. Can I get that out of my mouth? <laughs> Head up on the Sturgis and uh, check out some uh, gods country. All right. Visit, visit the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally.com for details or just do what I do. Show up. That's what people have been doing for the last goddamn seven to six years. Make yourself 500 friends. Stay in someone's tent. And you'll never be lonely. And if you see that lady with three titties, tell her I am truly sorry for what happened last year. All right. Yo, shithead. Speaking of all things beautiful and sturgis, I was running boats from Billings down to Chamberlain, South Dakota, back in July, and uh, I stopped through Sturgis to check out the Supermoto race. <clears throat> and if y'all don't like Supermoto, man, you're really missing out. Hell, I used to ride dirt bikes as a kid, and uh, it's just like taking a dirt bike on the street, only you got some race slick tires on it. And uh, I remember watching it back in the day, back when Buell used to make, you know, Harley Davidson made some Buells. Buells used to make a TT, and they made it for this type of shit. This type of riding. And uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, there's a Harley recall. A Harley recalled some shit, <clears throat> shit like every year now. I think three times it's happened in the last three or four years where they had a clutch failure. And uh, this year, it's happening to just shy of 30,000 bikes, I believe. And uh, it was a clutch re recall because the clutch ain't going to disengage. Now, this could be a problem. I don't know how many of y'all start your bike up in your garage, but thing could take off on you. If, if, you know, it, it'll, uh, you pull it in, there's like a, I think there's like a kill switch or something where you got to have the, the uh, clutch in or something maybe to start it, but. Uh, it registers at the clutch switch, but it don't register, you know, it don't matter because the hydraulic pressure ain't there and the thing will take off. So 
yeah recall uh recalls on a bunch of that shit like every single model almost every single model they made this year get another recall and like i said for like the past two or three years they've been having stuff go wrong with that plus that federal investigation going on into the the brake lines and stuff uh the the uh abs ain't working and shit so i mean harley's just got a shit storm plus i, I read somewhere a few months ago the share prices went up because there was a going to be a leverage to buy out of harley davidson i don't write, i don't know about that shit let me get on hey man what's up let me put my shit down let's plug this other computer in and i'll get on there with you Hey, 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 it's me, and I'm back. I am live, back from a little motorcycle adventure this evening. Uh, I am joined tonight by a special guest. Did you already tell your name? Yeah, I just said my real name. All right, so uh, my cousin Ben is here, and uh, it's a wonderful... He's He travels all over the United States, and so it's kind of wonderful. Nice to have you in the studio tonight, Ben. Well, accordingly, it's nice to be here. As you guys can tell, uh, well, Ben and I were born very close together, but uh, having since Pretty moved close. out here, I don't have my accent anymore, and you still sound like a, f- a goddamn country bumpkin. <laughs> well, hell, uh, you just sound like a goddamn a pussy to me. <laughs> right. Well, we'll fix that in editing. Uh, what did you talk about so far? Uh, I, done, I talked about uh, the places... On that list that Boom gave me about okay. the subscribers or uh-huh. whatever. And I, I did talk about a little bit about Sturgis. All right. So the 76. Oh, and the Harley Davidson recalls. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So Sturgis is happening this weekend. And uh, I'm sure you've been there before. Yeah. I told my story about uh, the three titted lady. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just camping out and being, being a dickhead. All right. Uh, don't bring no guns. I forgot to say that part. Yeah, probably not a good idea to bring guns or wear colors or any of that bullshit. Not to Sturgis. I don't even know if they allow it. Uh, you know what? A lot of places have a no colors policy, and a lot of times they'll take your knives and shit like that if you, you know, don't don't bring no fucking Arkansas toothpick, <laughs> you know, or Bowie knife or shit like that. They'll take that shit. Don't be Rambo. And, you know, don't be a dickhead. It's just like going to a birthday party or some other shit. There's always some. Some asshole fucking shit up, but for the most part, they're pretty cool. You know, just don't don't be an asshole. Yeah, no, and I was looking at some... Last year, our show started right after the Sturgis Rally. I just started this, this podcast up, and I was looking at some statistics, and so this year I was looking at some more, and, you know, they go back a few years. There's a site called... Uh, Ridersinfo.net that's got a bunch of Sturgis stuff on it, just a bunch of rally junk. And they were saying that they, for the amount of people that pass through there, it's actually really safe. And there are some good tips for Sturgis, actually. Uh, some of them, if you're not used to riding with big crowds, um, even if you drove or rode up there solo, rather, you're going to be in crowds of people and you're going to be going real slow. So if you're on a big ass bagger, and you you know you're not used to riding slow or doing sharp maneuvers in small spaces you know be careful and you probably you know Sturgis is one of those things where you're probably a pretty good rider if you rode there cuz that's you know considering where you could have come from a few thousand miles so yeah uh yeah at any rate just like any other ride of any other time or place use your common sense and you know, don't don't wear colors, don't bring weapons, all that great stuff. 
And it sounds like it's actually pretty fun. There's actually, uh, did you mention all the ri- you mentioned all the rides and stuff? So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on at the 76th Sturgis this year. All right, well, time has passed. My cousin is no longer in the house. We were having some microphone trouble, and uh, it was getting a buzz again, like it did back at Christmas when Krampus was around. I thought it was a computer. Check the computer 43,000 times that I record into. Turns out it's the mic. When I tilt it up, it gets a buzz. Let me do it right now. Yeah, weird. I'm going to have it flat. No buzz. So we're going to keep it flat. How do you like that? Yeah, that's so weird. All right, so for whatever reason, I normally record up in my studio, but I'm down here today in the common part of the house and uh, getting some feedback. Speaking of feedback, we'd like to get your feedback. Uh, You can leave us some ratings on iTunes, leave a review. Also check us out on the Google Play Store, um, Og Catcher, Dog Catcher. There's a bunch of them that I don't even know that I've seen us pop in. You can go to SoundCloud with all the other spammers and leave a review or leave us a little note or even some email there. Like there's a little place where you can send us a message. Um, a lot of ta- a lot of that stuff is just like spammers. So <clears throat> I'm super disappointed when people, there's a bunch of likes on there and then you look at them and it's like, oh, you are spammers. So at any rate, iTunes is probably the best because that's if you, um, our RSS feed uploads to there. So if you leave us a review there, it'll help us move up the charts in iTunes. All right, so uh, we've talked about, I'm sure he talked about the Harley clutch recall and the Harley buyout and all that stuff. Um, basically, yeah, there was a bunch of bunch of recalls with some American-made vehicles. The Indians even had a recall for some ignition, uh, some sort of something going on with the ignition where it would ignite unburned fuel, um, basically, potentially causing a lot of heat basically like a backfire but it could have caught on fire i guess um that shit is real i used to have a co-worker one day we were working on his truck at the shop and i heard the loudest explosion i've ever heard and he had a, a 22r you know carbureted toyota and he was trying to mess with it he was uh, welding a new exhaust on there and trying to figure out, he had our mechanic over there trying to help him figure out, troubleshoot some carb problems or exhaust problems he was having. And what was happening was, uh, you know, as it was running, basically the exhaust, <clears throat> pardon me, the exhaust canister around like where the muffler passes through was filling up with unburnt fumes because his carb was running rich or something was happening and what happened was that thing just loaded up like a fucking cannon full of unburnt fumes and 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 you know very rich gas mixture and when that exhaust pipe got hot enough that thing ignited and it blew the fucking luckily it was blew the bottom out and not the top because it would i'm sure it would have just like shot up through his bed but it blew the bottom of the exhaust out and it looked like a tin can. I mean, it looked like you shot a tin can with a 50 cal. It just like tore that fucking thing 
up. So um, I, that's the sort of stuff that happens when you have unburnt fuel in the exhaust chamber is that um, obviously the exhaust is really hot and hot, you know, just heats up all those unburnt fumes and completely, you know, a little flames can shoot out and shit. So not as bad as like a clutch recall or a uh, brake hydraulic unit, you know, failing and leaving you high and dry when you need to stop. So that's happening. The uh, Indian flat track bike and the Harley flat track bike were making news today. Um, well, this week, I should say. Uh, I was listening to a show the other day, and Brad the Bullet Baker was on there talking about the development of the XG750. And basically, he was talking about how the XR has been around and has been the dominant bike to beat, actually, for what, like 40 plus years or something like that. Talking about how Davis Fisher has been already riding the XG and how they're going to phase, probably phase that in. And the other, the thing that was kind of cool is. You know, I've been talking recently about all the bikes that are going to be available in 2017 because of the Euro for all that crap that we're going to have to be, you know, making things a little bit more efficient and and meet emissions, even if they're racing stuff and, you know, to homologate stuff like that. So it is kind of cool. You know, they do need to upgrade some of the stuff. Some of the parts for those XRs have just been floating around and being rebuilt and rebuilt for 40 plus years. So it's about time to upgrade it, especially to something water-cooled that could compete with all the bikes that are racing, be it Ducati, Kawasaki, you know, Suzuki, Triumph, all the shit that's out there is pretty much water-cooled nowadays. Um, So he was talking about that. That was really interesting. Uh, it was kind of, it was a good race, the Charlotte half mile, uh, slam and Sammy, who is one of my favorite racers. He's probably my favorite racer. Uh, he was out there just banging bars with, with, uh, Jared Meese, just slamming and slamming and threw a freaking chain. He was out front for the longest time. He, he hucked a chain. Uh, I was really bummed to see that just because it's been, you know, one thing after another for Sammy and, uh, it's about time he gets a break. And so Jared Meese pulls the first. Brandon Robinson comes in second, and he is one of those guys that's been kind of moving up. You know, a couple of years ago, you would have seen, you know, the Bauman brothers, Briar, uh, Briar Bauman and, and Bronson Bauman, you know, pulling on the GNC one and GNC two stuff, and just like, wow, these guys are these guys are moving. Uh, Henry Wiles was really big and someone to look out for last year uh, as along with Brad Baker and Jared Meese. So it's really cool to see uh, Brandon Robinson moving up and, and kind of pulling some top tens now and getting on the podium. Another guy that hasn't, you know, he's been around forever and we love him and he just doesn't get enough praise. Kenny Coolbeth, man, that guy got a podium. He got third place at Charlotte. So it was really cool. Uh, if you ever watch that guy ride, you just you'll watch him burn the brakes off his bike. He uses this technique where he drags the brakes through the corners, and his brakes just glow and they spark, and it's kind of kind of a show. So it was pretty cool seeing him get up there. Um, as usual, Brad Baker uh, was like fifth, sixth, no fifth. Yeah, he came in fifth, so that's not too bad. A top five finish. Corey Texter. It was really exciting to see him in the top ten. So a lot of names that you are kind of you know used to seeing up a little bit higher like Brian Smith, uh, Vanderkoy and Fisher, they were down a little bit. Uh, so I'm not hundred percent sure if some of these tracks have been throwing guys off because they've been racing so many new venues. Brian Smith, I thought for sure was going to be, you know, pulling for points again this year because he was doing, he was leading at the beginning of the season. So we'll see where we end up. He's a mile guy, not really a flat 
you know, a short track guy. But at any rate, I saw him working on his short track game at San Diego. He was out there pummeling it on a 450. So that's another thing. If you think you could never race flat track, uh, just they're basically on 450s with some adjusted suspension. And they're a little bit lowered. They, you know, they're not they're not proper motocross bikes. It's kind of like taking a, a rally cross car out off roading or like jumping on a, you know, maybe a trophy truck course they could do it. But yeah, they're not made. They're made for like gravel, low gravel roads, right? Graded, graded gravel and tarmac. So yeah, that's these, these bikes aren't made for jumping, which is another thing at the, after the Sturgis, they're going to be at Sturgis, um, you know, of course, August 9th, which is a Tuesday, which is kind of weird. They're usually racing on weekends, but they'll be there on, on August 9th, which is Tuesday. The following Sunday, they'll be pulling off the Peoria TT, which is an exciting race to watch. They turn right, they fly over a jump at like 100 miles an hour, and it's rough enough on the 450s. Like I said, they're, they're not a proper dirt bike where they got a bunch of suspension travel. They are lowered and, and maybe framed. But next year, the, the GNC is going to go to a single bike. You're not going to race a 450 on short track anymore. And then, you know, the 750s on the miles and half miles, you're going to go to one bike similar to how they did in the 70s, I guess. I don't think they used 250s. Uh, on the miles or on the half miles and, and short track, I think only unless you were in what they call, you know, it was the GNC two class basically back in the day. Um, but yeah, I think that was the only thing. And now everybody's going to be on seven fifties again, just like they were back in the day. I I believe they, they rode seven fifties even on the short track back in the day. So it's going to be pretty exciting. One of the things to do is watch this year, watch the Peoria TT this year, watch them huck them 450s over the jumps and all that, and then tune in next year when they're on 750s and watch the difference. It's it's hairy and it's scary, and uh, the, hopefully they'll go a little bit slower and it'll the racing will be a little bit tighter, you know what I mean? So we'll talk about this in another episode. I really want to talk about going slow. A lot of people are talking about that recently. So one of the other developments is, well, Jared Meese, of course, being on top, he's a little bit like Michael Shoemaker or Sebastian Loeb, if you used to watch like F1 or WRC, where you see the same name popping up all over on the top all the time. So that's Jared Meese this year, man. Every other, every other year, he just about has it. Him and Brad Baker going back and forth a bunch. So it's still cool to see him on top. But also AFT, which is the uh, American Flat Track uh, Productions that, recently started as like a side business to the uh, AMA. They came out with the line of clothing. So the clothing is pretty exciting because what it does is it generates interest, hopefully by, you know, getting out, showing images of, of the bikes, getting some of the riders designs out there and basically letting fans wear this stuff to show their not only their support for the sport but their passion for the sport and to get more people interested in talking about flat track which is great this is not dissimilar to what our friends up in Kakana did to you know support the WIR top 10s real street drags bike list and all that stuff so if you are a fan of the show i'm sure you've heard about that by now and same sort of thing it's really cool to me to see the flat track not only promoting itself and not only getting out there in a much bigger way but as a creative person seeing this the design that goes into these shirts uh both the the flat track and the wir top 10 bike stuff you know just seeing everybody's input that was cool because you could see it 
happen um, in a very grassroots way. You could see it forming through, you know, multiple, multiple people cooperating and uh, coming together to collaborate, to get a design, talk a little bit of shit, you know, and get their own ideas out there. It was really great. So that's how you see this cohesive thing happening. And not only that, great art, you know, it's pretty cool to, you know, you don't think about a lot of times the shirt that you have is usually drawn by somebody or designed by somebody, but somebody made that. So it's really cool to see all this stuff getting out there and especially the designs that the AFT promotions have picked to represent flat track, really bitching stuff, really looks cool stuff. You wouldn't mind wearing just out, you know what I mean? Not like a track fanboy with like a date and uh you know i was here blah 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 no it's stuff that's pretty cool that you could wear all the time so that's pretty cool all right moving on speaking of flat track uh harley davidson kind of goes hand in hand with flat track doesn't it if I mentioned this on last week's episode or not, but there has been a teased 107 motor floating around. And basically, why do they do that? Well, it's because Harley has to compete with Indian (laughs) on every level. You know, I, I know I mentioned that Harley and the Davidsons was coming out. I was talking to some old coot this weekend about Harley had to make Harley and the Davidsons because now the Indian's coming back onto the scene, you know, they need to one up them somehow, get, get some more eyes on Harley, keep everybody focused on Harley. Don't pay no attention to that other motorcycle coming out from behind the green curtain over there. So at any rate, the Harley, you know, they can't be bested by Indians. So Indians got the one Oh six, uh, motor right now and Harley's the biggest ones they have is 103 so apparently they're bumping it up to 107 I listened to another motorcycle show yesterday that was saying that 107 is going to be their smallest now and which basically they moved up from I did talk about this didn't I they moved up from the 98s to the 103s and then the 110s is the um, Screaming Eagles so now they're bumping up their base to the 107 and apparently they're bumping the Screaming Eagle, or well, the the one tens up to one fourteen, and the Screaming Eagle, like the race, like the Destroyer engine, is a one. Oh shoot! Right now I think it's a one eighteen, and they're bumping that up to one twenty one or something like that. That's, this is just what I heard from another show. I haven't seen that yet, but at any rate, yeah, that's it. This is what the competition is coming back just like it did in the old days. And people are talking about these, this rivalry being revived and we are literally going to be seeing it. Now they're both, I'm sure going to have a bunch of recalls and whatnot as they go through these. We'll probably see a whole slew of problems. They've been, I don't know. Harley's been getting better. Actually, they've been cutting a lot of operations though. I, I recently was listening to, um, the two enthusiasts podcast and they were talking about KKR maybe buying out Harley. And I not a hundred percent sure. I agree with them that Harley has been doing a good enough job, uh, managing their balance sheet. I reported last January that they had cut a bunch of crap because Polaris cut like 10 jobs at their, one of their places in Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, and then Harley had cut like 150 positions. So you know, Harley's been doing a lot of stuff recently. They've been they've been trying to step in the right direction. Though they've been and they've been way better than they were. You know, back even in 2006 or seven, they were having 
you know, problems back then near strikes and whatnot, worker strikes and this and that. So they've been they've been doing a lot better over the past ten years, uh, probably than they have at any any point in their whole career. So it's really interesting to hear that you know there was a buyout possibility. I don't think so. KKR owns a lot of companies. They actually own the company that I work for. Maybe we would have all got free Harleys. Who is to say? Uh, at any rate, yeah, that's enough Harley news. Uh, something else I've been hearing a lot from multiple sources as well is the fact that is the Super Sport class dying? The reason people are saying that is because apparently Honda is discontinuing their CBR 600 RR. And the funny thing is, is that apparently they're getting a lot of criticism for not updating their bike and they haven't updated that bike for something like eight years or so. And the one of the reasons that they cited was because the market is dying. The the desire for 600cc entry level sport bikes is kind of fading away, and so therefore it didn't really justify them remaking a new bike that's Euro four compliant and all that stuff. That's just Honda though, and Honda doesn't take chances. They don't do a lot of stuff that's not going to, you know, keep the cash coming in where I don't see Kawasaki getting rid of the ZX-6, you know what I mean? And I really don't think that Suzuki would survive if it wasn't for the Gixxer 6, 7, and 1000s. I, I, actually, the 7s, I really don't see, except for the fact that, you know, they need to be homologated for race series, such as, you know, flat tracking and stuff like that, where 750s are basically used, you know. I mean, I guess there's some 650s and 600s in there, too. The the thing is, is that I don't know. Everybody seems to follow Honda's lead, so that's why the bit. You know, I think that's part of the reason why it made the news. The CBR six hundred RR has not really. I mean, they had a facelift, I think, right in twenty fourteen. Uh, they changed it or something like that. Maybe it was twenty fifteen. So I mean, it's it's it is interesting to hear, and it's. But I'm the kind of person that kind of waits to see because we hear all sorts of stuff. They're releasing the CBR. 250 RR and that's a parallel twin you know I I think I mentioned that last week or the week before kind of unimpressed by it and kind of started looking at some of the stats and actually you know the stats are really nice and it does look like they they really went all out on this little bike I think that I don't really think that there's going to be like a a race series for it but if you're looking at sales and price point and getting people to ride something and putting, you know, there is a whole thing I listen to so, uh, so many people, so many people, and we'll talk about it on like next episode, I guess, about the power that bikes are putting out nowadays, whether it's off-road or on-road bikes and just how crazy insane it is. And nowadays you can get around on a 250 just fine. Uh, and it's kind of like more of a machismo sort of image thing to not want to be seen on a 250 uh, well maybe that's an american thing but you know since it's a starter's bike or like a small bike but dude they're coming out with some really good looking stuff and for you know like we said hitting price points and things like that and if you do get a, a 250 right now that's got putting out as much horsepower as like a harley you know the stuff i read on it I'm just kidding. It was not that much horsepower, but, and the torques were really low. It was only like 16 foot pounds of torque or something like that. But the thing is, is that like, you know, a Honda is, I don't know why they would be ditching their mid, mid market for like a little tiny one. 
unless the little tiny one was making up for it somehow. So it's really interesting. We'll talk about it in another episode. And at the same time, as all these people talking about super sport dying, the 600 class, you know, dropping, uh, KTM has been making news. One of the first reasons they've been making news is that they've joined the aim expos OEM list. And I talked a couple episodes ago about all the people that were going to be there. I don't remember if I mentioned KTM or not. I can go back and look at my show notes and see who all I mentioned, but this is brand new. This, this article just came out today that they're joining. So I'm assuming that I did not mention them. So they're joining AIM Expo. Apparently their booth is going to focus on ready to race. The fact that they are expanding their line of street motorcycles and hopefully some race bred motorcycles. So that's pretty interesting. Plus they have some stuff called KTM Powerware. And so all that stuff will be there. The other reason that KTM was in the news is that I saw that recently uh, they had a a Duke. I'm guessing it's going to be a 790, you know, just based on the fact that everything that they have is, you know, something 90, a 390, the 690, the 1290. Basically, they've got a, a KTM 800 set to take on bikes like the FZ07, the Suzuki ZV650, the Street Triple 675 or Daytona 675. Actually, I guess it's 675, um, the Street Triple, because it is also sort of a naked bike. And it looks, you know, it's just like a pumped up version, something to to split the difference between the uh, 1290 and the 690. And so... As everyone's reporting that the super sport market's going away just because Honda hasn't announced a new one, everyone seems to be coming on board with some of these new upper middle weight, uh, you know, naked bikes, you know, the, like the XSR 900, this KTM 800, and so on. In other news, the FZ10, everyone's hot to trot for that bike. That bike has been getting so much press over the last two weeks. I couldn't believe it. I looked it up. And I was, you know, kind of, kind of looking over some of the stuff on it because people had suggested that they were interested in it. Um, last when I when I talked about it a couple episodes ago, apparently I talked about it. I don't remember recording episode um, thirty five, so take that for what it's worth. But apparently I talked about it on that episode. Now I looked at it. One of my coworkers looked at it. It's got a nice upright seating position. It does look pretty plasticky, I'd have to admit, and there is a lot of stuff. I mentioned that everything look, looks molded on it and and layered, and they've even gone into like the swing arm and stuff and cast it to look like there's three different layers on it when it's just one. I was kind of disappointed because I was looking at those big VMAX-looking air scoops, and I used to be bummed out when the VMAX scoops really didn't do anything. You know, they're just big plastic covers. What are they good for? It'd be nice if they were like a storage area because when you, you know, have a naked bike and you need to store, you know, there's no nothing to hang off anywhere. It'd be nice if those things popped open if they're not going to be actual air scoops. Well, I was looking at it today. They they have grills and they have they call them air scoops, but they don't really scoop the air. The intake has one uh, duct coming off the right side. And it's possible that the right side one somehow gets air to it. But if you look behind the vents, there's 
the the covers that the or the brackets that the covers mount onto has like a big baffle behind it so the air wouldn't be going anywhere it's coming into the grill and just hitting that baffle and not really going anywhere and so unless it goes around the bottom to the air intake on the right side doesn't make any sense to me So, hey, one more thing I just want to mention real fast that I did this past weekend is I went to the Veterans Charity Ride send-off at Fire Station 77 up in Silmar, Sunland. I can't, well, it's in Sunland, but I think it's a Silmar Fire Station. At any rate, met a bunch of vets up there, you know, just went up there to show my support. Wasn't really, you know, repping it, taking pictures for the show or anything, but I did put up a little video because once I got there, I realized how important it is to support our vets. They're going to be going on a ride to Sturgis. They should be arriving on this weekend, actually. I think they're going to be arriving either on, if it's not Sunday, it's going to be Monday or something like that. So at any rate, yeah, they offered 20 vets a ride up there. And I believe the first year it was only eight. So, I mean, it's more than double of what they had the first year. It was really cool to see everybody out there showing their support. And like I said, meeting these guys and gals and just seeing what it was all about and just being part of that. You know, it's it's the thing that you feel when you don't know anybody, but you know you're part of that group, you know, just because we're all motorcyclists and a lot of people there were vets too. So, I mean, it was really great. It's just something really cool, something I just wanted to shout out to because if you can support their cause, you go to veteranscharityride.org to either donate or read about it, read the stories of the people that are putting it on and the people that got to go and see what they do. And then maybe at some point, if you have a little a little, uh, some ducats or something you can, you can donate when you, when you can. But at any rate, it was just, if you, even if you can't donate, just be in there for them, listening to their stories. That's what it's all about. They need people to talk to about this stuff. According to their webpage, 22 vets die every day from committing suicide. They come home with PTSD. They come home with, you know, maybe horrific, um, amputations or, you know, injuries and whatnot. And it's hard to deal with, you know, it's hard to jump back into civilian life. First of all, when you've been assigned something and you've been, you know, doing your daily routine and then all of a sudden you get back into civilian life and it's like, Oh dude, what is there? This is just too crazy sometimes to jump back into this with everything that's gone on. So really important for me to support those guys. Like I said, I wasn't really grabbing a ride report for the show or any photo, like crazy photo ops or anything like that. I just, I really did go just to show my support and it would mean a lot if uh, we could too, as just a community as a whole and listeners of the show, just show your, show your support. It doesn't have to be to this charity, but to any charity, you know, your local charity, um, local VFW, anything like that. It's really cool just to get in touch and, and reach out to these people and see what they've gone through and pr- pr- provide some support in some helpful way. So that's that. Um, right now I have something very special. I got to talk to a couple of people talking about the WIR top 10 bikes list and how excited I am and pumped that I am when this releases, when this podcast comes out, there's going to be a race. I intend to release this Friday Uh, so that they can listen to it on the way to the track. I know they're two hours ahead of me, and they probably won't be listening to it till after they've raced. (laughs) But at any ways, it would be awesome if it came out before they got to the track. So hopefully I can release it um, tonight and uh, get it out so they can hear it tomorrow. And basically, I got to talk to the number one spot and the number three spot, and I'm going to let you hear that right now. A little warning 
come on, Singsime, dude, buy a good computer, all right? Their computer had a sock stuffed in the microphone port, so basically you could only hear it when uh, some of the dirt and stench moved out of the way. Um, and so I tried to do my best to salvage the audio by pumping it way up. Uh, as a result, you can hear my Darth Vader-like breathing, even though I was sitting like two feet away from my mic. It's, it picks up a little feedback even at one point. So, I mean, that just tells you how high I had the gain pump to, to get their audio out so that we could hear them. But I want you to hear what they say. Didn't use everything. We'll tease some of it for later. I asked them some pretty silly questions that maybe I can play on another show. But right now, let's go to... Steve Macknowitz and Chris sing Simalicious. So hey, I wanted to talk to you guys. We are as far as like um being like midway through the racing year, is that right about where we are right now with the RSD? Yeah, pretty much about midway. We got uh this Friday and then there's three list races left. For yeah, for WIR. So there's this Friday, one in September, and then hopefully one in October for Weatherhold. Awesome. So there's a chance, like for the people on the bottom of the list, there's a chance to move up, is what you're saying, slightly. Yeah, totally, for sure. Uh, we get we usually get on average about three rounds of racing on each event. So the the chalkboard that you see is basically round one of the call-out. And then after round one, that list could possibly be all jumped up. Then everybody that lost or won for round two can call out or defend their spot for round two. And then, weather permitting, we've been getting about three rounds for each event. Right on. Yeah. There's different... I mean, the bikes are all so different, and anything can happen. Like, everybody has to race their race. So, you know, like, somebody that thinks that maybe they don't have enough absolutely might have enough. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking at, you know, just looking at the page and looking at everyone's bikes and everything – Everyone is so different, you know what I mean? So is it is it bracket racing or is it is it straight up heads up? Or how do you guys figure all that stuff out when, it, when there's like two totally different style bikes? Uh, we, we do everything as just heads up race. Like, it, it doesn't matter what the bike is. It, it's just a straight up heads up race. And what keeps it interesting is there's there's no extra fees to do what we do with this list. So you don't have to like pay to go race at WIR and then pay more money out of your pocket to try to race on the list and then and then gamble on races as well. So basically you you pay to get in for the Friday night races and the list race is all just organized by us track to do it. So it doesn't matter if we got an eight second bike racing an eleven second bike. There's nothing on the line so it keeps it loose and everybody still has a chance. There's like say uh you know I go up to the line and it's a questionable weather night and the track isn't prepped real good. If I go up and I spin the tire 
against the guy that might be substantially slower, it's it's game on. Like I gotta try to run him down. So it might it might seem like a big difference between a two second bike. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, an eight second bike and uh, a ten second bike or even eleven second bike. But in the grand scheme of a drag race, if I slip up, that guy has as much of a chance to take my spot as anybody else. So you're you're racing the other person, and you're still racing the track. That that's what that's what keeps the broad spectrum of bikes so like diverse. Right, and theoretically, a guy on a on a big ruckus could, could race and have a chance if you were to like throw a chain or something or pop a tire. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what, that's what makes the style of racing so fun is that there's nothing to lose. There's no money on the line. It's, it's for fun. It's just for a spot. These spots mean as much to people as a paycheck at some point. Like it, it gets, it gets dicey, not in like a cutthroat way, but you've seen some of the, the crap talking on the on the page, and you just got you roll with it. Yeah. There are a lot of tracks, not only in Wisconsin but elsewhere, that have RFDs or real free drags. And so, like our home track is Great Lakes Dragway, which isn't too far from here. But then, like their RFD is not on the same night as WIRs, and they're completely different. Hmm. you pay to get in or use your season pass if you have it but then if you want to get into their quote unquote hat race it's another 20 bucks on top of that um, They and that the way they operate that too it's just you know one or two guys running it for fun and um, I mean there is some money on the line but even that too the rules aren't always the same depending on how they want to operate things or how you know all the participants want to do but I mean it's not as successful as WIR has been in like everything that Jason first started you know putting together and all of us kind of took off with so I mean you can tell that not having the money in it and you know giving everybody a shot really is bringing out everybody yeah it's kind of like watching college ball versus pro ball where at college they really got to try you know they really got to put their heart and soul into it because their goal is to you know their goal is to play it at max level so that hopefully someday they get recruited or whatnot. And I feel like for this series, it's like Doritos are on the line and you got to like do whatever it takes to get that bag of Doritos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Fun. And like, what's awesome is these guys that don't necessarily have like the fastest of bikes are doing whatever they can to hang with people that they're closer to in times. And they're doing anything to like move on up and they're, doing their research and asking around and stuff like that. And everybody is like super friendly and just trying to figure out how they can max out the capabilities with their bikes. That's what's so fun. Yeah. The, the, the are seven, eight and nine spot on the list are having as much fun as the guys racing up at the top for one, two, three, and four. It's like the list kind of sorts itself out from fastest to slowest over time but that it's not reducing the fun factor at any given spot on the list. Because it literally is. Everybody wants to be in that top 10. But you don't have to have 
a ton of money on the line to make it fun. The money scares people away. As soon as you start putting the money into something like this, people stop trying. Right. Guy with a, a 12 second 600 isn't going to put money into something when he knows he's going to have to race somebody that might run mid eight. Just give up and not try. But if it's free, they got nothing to lose. And we have any number of bikes waiting just to try to get on the list. There are people vying for the 10 spot. Like, there are people that are in line just for a shot at the 10 spot. And right now we've got Aaron, or Aaron to our gatekeeper, affectionately known as Andy. So, like, he, we've made him our, uh, our gatekeeper right now, so... Um, yeah, but I mean, like, there are so many people that are finding out about it. The page is growing. The races are growing. Even the non-RSD nights, it's becoming big for bikes, and it's awesome. Yeah, I've noticed that even a couple other podcasts are talking about it now. So, I mean, it's it's getting, like, really blowing up. Uh, how many people do you have in the wings waiting just to get a taste of number 10? I think there's, like... Two right now, isn't there? There's somebody that that's going for it on Friday, and then there's somebody right behind that person. Uh, I would say there's at least five that are talking about wanting a shot, but it it, it takes a little time for that to happen because it it just doesn't how the, the call outs work and everybody you can you can only make somebody defend their spot so many times in one night before you have to give them the chance to call out the person ahead of them to try to move up somewhere. Otherwise, you can't have, like, the, the same two guys racing each other at the bottom of the list. One guy's beating the other guy backwards. Yeah, could it theoretically happen where two guys, well, where somebody, like, defends and moves up at the same time? I, I mean, I guess... I guess it's a static race. You know, it's like a static list for each each run. So, I mean, I guess technically technically not, but uh, otherwise you'd have guys dropping down like two positions at a time or moving up, you know. Right, yeah. The way, the way it's set up right now is that um, you, if you want to move up a spot, you would have to call the person ahead of you out before they call somebody out ahead of them. So then that race has to happen before either one of those two can be called out or call somebody else out. Right. Except we're going multiple rounds in one night and of shake the list up a little bit. It's possible to gain two spots in a night. It's possible to lose two spots in a night. That's why I think that's part of the fun in this is just anything can happen. And, you know, there is no going into it knowing that your spot is secure. It's not. Yeah. So, Michelle, how does it feel being in the number one right now? <laughs> it's fun, but I, I got some I got some big guns coming up on me. Three. Three. Not on my heels. I tried to talk to him one night. And just be like, all right. So, is this going to be like a? Are we going to run these this race on motor? And he's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> so he's leaving me. There's, there's even no like behind the scenes plotting and planning at all. Chris is going to make me work. So I mean, <laughs> pretty much if I get it, I'm just going to steamroller. He's not going to steamroll shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hard feelings, but I'm taking what's mine. Yeah, he can take whatever, and I'm not going to make him dinner for a couple months. <laughs> 
it'll be like the wor- the most bittersweet victory ever. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bathe in Doritos. <laughs> yeah, it looks like only uh, you only got Big Body Jake standing between you and and number one up there. So uh, take take out sweep the leg, man, sweep the leg. That's, that's my point. Like Johnny. <laughs> Jake's, uh, Jake's no slouch. He's got a really quick bike. So I actually, my first round race will be against Jake for the number two spot. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give her all she's got to get around him because if I slip, his bike is it's right there with me. So. Um, and big body, is that referring obviously if he's if he's quick i'm assuming he's not a big guy is that referring to those huge ass tail sections that everyone seems to be throwing on right now with jake what's funny is we he he and i and a bunch of others ran cots king of the streets in spring at great lakes dragway here at our home track and one of the guys had all of the racers in full others with their helmets in their hands or on um step on a scale before we raced and apparently it was to kind of prove that not the lightest guy always wins and it just so happened that jake poor jake was the heaviest racer suited so (laughs) the guy was just like big body jake (laughs) (laughs) so zero reference to actual like body kit on the bike okay so I have another question. Well, A, I see that you guys have like a designated cheerleader and that's got to be pretty exciting. <laughs> Whirling dervish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's got to be pretty exciting. Um, I've, I've been seeing some terminology flip around here and I made a list. I made some questions here specifically based on uh, the WIR's top 10 bikes or we're topio if you uh, have been paying attention um and my first question is what's a slider bike it's a, it's a type of clutch a slider bike it's a it's a style of clutch that the best way i can describe it would be like uh kind of like launching a snowmobile everything is based off of weights and springs and clutch there's no no actual clutch lever on the bike the bike will stage at a certain rpm and then when they go full throttle the clutch actually starts to engage and slide kind of like a snowmobile would want right it's like a a really fast scooter yeah yeah it's the same idea it's just a little more elaborate Wow. And you can, do you do presets on like RPMs for like burnouts and staging and all that stuff and launch and all that? Yeah, it's a, it's a totally tunable clutch. It can change every part of the RPM it engages at and launch all that. That's pretty awesome. I, I, I was trying to figure out if it was like a body style or if it meant long wheelbase, but that, that actually is pretty cool. I've never, I'd never heard of a slider before. So that's actually kind of cool. Is that, is that considered cheating or less honorable amongst the drag racers? Is that like just super high setup, you know? Depends on who, like what kind of race you're doing or who you're racing with. There's a, it's 
it's not really a cheating kind of thing. If it's allowed, it's, it's a very consistent, reliable setup. Um, a lot of the racing we do, aside from the list racing, is all uh, like stock style and clutch racing. But the kind of speed race and stuff that we do is uh, stock fully up about clutch, so they wouldn't allow a lighter style clutch. But um, it, when when it's an everything go anything goes kind of race. It's not cheating, it's just another option. Yeah. One thing that we do, it, it truly is anybody can have anything. Any type of clutch, any type of tire, stock wheelbase, stretch and slam, anything. Yeah, huge ass big bodies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I noticed... Uh, was it Goldmeyer that's putting a big ass giant, you know, rear body kit on his? I think recently I saw and. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason had a little incident when he 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 switched his bike over to a, a big slick, and uh, was trying to get that dialed in, and one of the first list races we had, the bike actually squatted so far down in the back. The tire caught the tail section and tore his tail section off the bike. So he's been racing the last couple of races with a really busted up tail section. So now he finally got an aftermarket extended tail. So the tire is like now under the tail. So now he's got all his clearance issues and stuff figured out. Holy cow. Dude, I, I would have never expected a squat like that and just all of a sudden literally tears your ass off. <laughs> really grabbed the tail light and back half the tail and sucked it underneath the bike. Holy crap. With my uh, tail light last, last year or the year before when it got ripped under and mangled. And... Well, it was after you wheelied and bounced the bike down the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not want to, maybe don't want to do that. <laughs> or flip it. I saw, I saw that pic of that guy like basically he's in the he's in like the total drag position but he's just like inverted and i was like oh that doesn't look like it you know in about a half a second later that was probably not very fun <laughs> it's a lot of get away from in a hurry. yeah no kidding I, I mean i don't know it's just it was just interesting seeing that thing and and realizing that he probably I mean, he was literally like, he just took a picture and photoshopped him upside down. So it didn't look like he was expecting it or anything. It just like, whoop, inverted on him. And, and, and I was just thinking, what a ride that must have been when you realized finally where he's headed and what's happening. <laughs> so it happens so fast. Like even I was always, I would talk to Chris and I'd be like, oh my gosh, what if I, you know, what if I uh, like spin the tire or, you know, what if I wheelie or whatever. And there's just not enough time to truly really think of it. There's enough time to react. And with practice, and you know, like your, your, you react, your instincts kick in and you know what to do. In some cases, it happens way too fast or, you know, people are hanging on or whatever, and that makes a difference. But for the most part, you can pretty well correct anything that happens before it gets out of control. Yeah. Um, so my second question, what basically I think kind of got 
summed up with the slider bike was the significant of the hand clutch. Cause I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, I'll throw down a hand clutch race or, you know, I'll, I'll do a hand clutch race. And I, I really didn't know. Cause I shift all the time without pulling in the clutch when I am trying to go super fast. I'll just, you know, blip the throttle and, and upshift. And I didn't know, is it, are they talking about like a hand clutch versus like an air shifter or something like that? Is it, is it like a unfair race if they don't have an air shifter? No, um, a, uh, a hand clutch bike could still have an air shifter. It's just a matter of, uh, a hand clutch would be like an, an OAM style setup where you're still using your throttle hand to study the RPMs and you've got your left hand actually working the clutch to launch the bike. Um, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, that they have like a great clutch hand or, you know, they'll, they'll say I'll race anybody with a lockup or a slider with my hand clutch bike. All they're basically saying is that they're, they're willing to use their OEM style clutch using their hand to launch the bike to race against all these other people that are using, and this is where they'll call them cheaters and everything else, by using the other style clutches that don't require using a clutch hand to launch it. So it's 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 bragging rights to be able to have a high horsepower bike and launch it with a stock style clutch. An, an OEM stock hand clutch usually will only handle so much horsepower. So you you got to kind of get tricky and you find your own little secret tips that you use to make a stock style clutch hold all that extra power. And so like one of the junior fights, like Chris and I ran, is to have a hand clutch. And they come around and check for that. So we all have to have, we all are on the same playing field when it comes to type of clutch. And then how we choose to set it up, like Chris just mentioned, can vary from one person to the next. Hmm. That's interesting. And it, and it, like you were saying, it's not necessarily a disadvantage then. It's just that they're basically kind of stating that they're just, just as quick using the OEM style, you know, they could basically take you uh, straight out of the showroom instead of like having to set up like a slider clutch or something like that, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it takes a little bit more practice and skill to be able to launch a bike effectively and hard with a hand clutch. Right. Without looping it or like totally just burning some tire. Or bogging it and killing it. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the, the trash talking doesn't stop with just the the way the bikes are set up the, the trash talking goes all the way into like the people <laughs> right talking, talking trash to the, the riders themselves on how skilled they are and that's where it comes into some chest thumping about racing a hand clutch bike against the slider bike and stuff like that yeah it's all, it's all entertaining and usually in, in good fun but you roll with it everybody's got their favorite flavor yeah, it's definitely uh, makes for good reads on Facebook late at night when there's uh, nothing else to do. <laughs> oh, it's real quiet. You're getting close to a race day. And then uh, usually it's about the week of a race when everybody starts stirring the pot. <laughs> yeah, 
for sure. It's like trying to psych. It's like the psych, uh, psych out game comes into play. Um, that kind of, you know, talking about the bodies and stuff that kind of segues into the third question I had, what that's, what's with all the giant tail sections? Are they aerodynamically proven to be beneficial? Are they just for looks or is it literally just like peacocking? Like, Hey, I've got the bigger tail section, um, psyching you out, you know, or I'm going to, you know, attract more birds with my giant tail than you are, you know, with your little... (laughs) We all fluff our feathers. (laughs) This is our mating call track. (laughs) (laughs) Rad. There's a a few reasons behind the extended tails on the bike. Um, One of them is to just actually keep the rest of the bike clean. Usually the stock tail sections are so short that by the time you stretch it, what you're to run, when you go up to the line to do your burnout, you're actually, you're sitting in what is like rubber rain coming down over the back of the bike. <laughs> so one, that, that's one reason. Um, another reason is actually some of the speeds that we go, the, the longer the tail is, and this has been kind of tested like at the, like the salt flats and stuff, um, the longer the tail is, it actually keeps the bike a little more stable at real high speeds. And then, thirdly, hmm. there's not a lot of speed on this bike from the electronics that we run, which like uh, progressive controllers, nitrosolenoids, uh, ignition fill timers, like all the aftermarket data loggers. Trunk space for Doritos. Yeah, put Doritos. <laughs> It, uh, it actually it makes room for more of the electronics, too. So. so, like, Chris and I both have extended tail sections on our bike. They look a little different, and, you know, on some bikes they blend in a little bit better, a little bit different than others, but he and I both have that as well, and if you would take up, like, my um, top trunk area comes off, and if you would lift that up, you would be able to see, like, how certain components are set up in there. That makes sense. I mean, obviously, when you're running 6,000 pounds of boost like you guys are, I don't think I was supposed to say that, but uh, you need... 7,000. You got to hide the nitrous bottles somewhere and like all the plumbing and all that stuff. So it it does make sense to have, you know, those um, ample space, at least for storage of all that stuff. So that that makes sense. I put mine in a backpack when I race. A 20 pound bottle, I wear a backpack. <laughs> uh, would you go as far to amputate a leg just to have like a prosthetic thigh that just contained like extra NOS in it or something? Absolutely, without a doubt. With the amount of extra water I'm carrying in my leg right now, I wouldn't care if they chopped it off. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. What happened? Did you, um, did you just start uh, swelling up one day, or is that where you hold your ego, or, or what is that? What happened there? He's got the gout. <laughs> yeah, I got the gout. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some bridges, old man, with the gout. <laughs> uh, my f- my fourth question is um, the growth of the top ten and the the real street drags that you guys are are part of. Is it? Uh, has it grown, I mean, exponentially since, since you guys have been doing it or, I mean, was it, was it roughly 
like plateaued. And then all of a sudden now people like from Minnesota and Chicago, I mean, uh, Illinois are trying to get in on it or, you know, um, we haven't, I don't think we've had any, like anybody from Minnesota. Um, Kakana is two hours North from where we are in Waukesha. And Waukesha is um, Waukesha. Waukesha, yeah. <laughs> um, Waukesha is about an hour and a half, two hours from most places where other racers live in Illinois. So it would be a hell of a haul for them to come up. And I think there's been some interest. However, um, I think it, it's a combination of it just being a longer haul and it's a different style of racing. This is more for bragging rights and it's way low key. It's chill. It's super fun. And there's not a load of money involved. So I think that kind of separates different groups from who comes up to race, but it has grown exponentially. The people that are interested, even the people that are just there to spectate the families involved, it's become a huge thing. Like people are bringing their families. People are cooking for this. People get wow. it. It's, it's, it's exciting. It makes it fun to go. To look forward to. I think what we did, and actually the, this whole thing was Jason Gallmeyer's idea, this whole listing, and uh, we had talked about it for quite a bit, just like through private messages before we started this, and he he's the one that actually approached the track owners to uh, get them to let us run as part of the RSD program, and they the track gave us a place to do this, and uh, once... Once it got rolling, it it kind of opened up everybody, even like the locals in the area that had motorcycles to like, holy cow, I can just get on my bike and go race and have a reason to race, not just, you know, to show up and make laps or just to race with my buddy. Like, it's still, there's nothing on the line other than a spot, but it's a purpose. So it, it went from this idea to all of a sudden everybody in the area with a motorcycle is talking about, we want a shot. How do we get on the list? You know, what do we got to do? Do we just show up and sign in or what? So it created a bunch of chatter and it, 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 it doubled the turnout of motorcycles that are willing to go to the track and drag race now. I think families that were there just to see like the big shows with the cars and things like that were surprised to see bikes going down the track and how fast we are ripping down the track. And, you know, I mean, that's even on the nights now when there's not an RSD, but there are other nights when bikes are racing, there are a lot of bikes turning out for it. And that's what, you know, has even kind of gotten Jason, I call him Goldfinger, to look into having like a separate class for the top 10 for next year, just so we can have you know, the faster, a little bit separated from the fast. So everybody's got a shot at their own number one. We, uh, we event in. Yeah. That we had, uh, just some top 10 shirts made. And, uh, before the night was even over at the track, there were people that worked at the track were wearing shirts. Like, they were excited to have us there as part of the show. But People were asking how to get them and if we could do another order. And 
to see that many people walking around that even weren't a part of the top 10 list repping the list was really exciting. Like, I can't, yeah, that, I can't say enough that the only way to describe it is that it's exciting because in this part of, in this small town in Wisconsin, motorbike racing is blowing up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's super cool. I'm I'm happy for you guys that it, you know it's something that cool. I mean, that's kind of how I feel like the uh, hooligan class has got with flat track, and now it's like everywhere. I mean, they're having it all over, and it just started out with some local clubs kind of putting on some hooligan races at the flat track events, and now it's like X Games, and you know what I mean. It's everywhere, so that's that's awesome. I love, I don't know. I just love grassroots stuff period just because it does keep it simple and it keeps things fun. And, uh, when you start putting stuff on the line, you can do what you're doing now, which is like make a, a different branch series. You know what I mean? So that's actually really awesome to hear that that's, you know, maybe going to be on the, um, slated for next year. That's pretty cool. Uh, I have a question. How does it feel to be the only girl on the list? You guys are going to have to fight over who answers this one. I don't mind it so much. Um. <laughs> Chris, Chris gets to deal with me the most out of anybody on the list. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's sabotage. Yeah. It keeps me busy hoping I'll slip up and uh, forget something on my bike. <laughs> she, she keeps putting, like, super fatty, like... Uh, tempera batter on your hot wings and stuff she's like fattening you up like unbeknownst to you you're like why am i slipping back positions <laughs> i just stand there and twirl my hair and go um chris can you do this for me and then he doesn't have enough time to remember stuff on his own bike and then i have the advantage usually i miss <laughs> around the racing because i'm in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i told you sabotage that's called um uh Choco lax, my friend. <laughs> a lax burger. Yeah. You know, I really would love to. I mean, there are there are women racers kind of in the area, um, St. Louis, um, Illinois, and they're on a little bit larger scale than kind of what we're doing. Um, there was just an event a couple weekends ago, the Car Chick Women of Motorsport Ladies Race to benefit breast cancer at Byron Dragway. And there were two car classes and a bike class. And despite my very best efforts and Jeanette uh, Desjardins' uh, very best efforts, that was the only trick that showed on a bike. So it would have been awesome to at least have some competition. But it turned out to be a really, really good day. Just personally, on my bike, um, I would love to see more girls out there. I would love to see more women trying and we talked about this before i think a lot of girls are just kind of afraid of what they're going to look like to others when they're out there and like i say when you're on the starting line and others aren't if they want to be critical they can also look around and just see that you're out there doing it and they're not so that says something right there but i think like when i'm with the guys i don't feel like the girl you know it's just we're all the same we're all racers we're all there for the same fun and I, that's how the streets do. Yeah, we don't really look at girl either, so. <laughs> you all, you all pee standing up, so it's all cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Question number six: uh, Is it is it easy to justify 
uh, buying your family and friends really crappy Christmas presents because you've blown your whole budget on bike parts, Doritos, and racing throughout the year? If they're good family and friends, they understand. <laughs> I've heard it for all of them. I'm buying cards and gifts and everything else. So lucky if they even see me on holidays. It's birthday. <laughs> That's a sacrifice, man. <laughs> for for uh, Christmases and birthdays, for, I don't know, because I've been friends for 13 years, it's often motorbike-related in some way. Whether it's a restock of beef or piece of the shop or, you know, oil filters or a, a part that we were looking to get, there's always something involved like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you go out on... Um, valentine's day it's like what's more valuable a box of chocolates which is probably going to take off a tenth at the track or a box of spark plugs which you know you can use throughout the year right Right. (laughs) and also i wanted to know this is the last question i had written down seriously is there any other word that starts with k n where the k is pronounced I, I haven't found any, and therefore I think that Preston Nipple's name is pronounced Nipple and not Knipple or however the heck he has been trying to pronounce it. <laughs> Poor Preston. <laughs> <laughs> like if my last name was Nipple, I would rock that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't he needs. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to embrace it. The word knee, the word knowledge, the word know-how, the word nipple. I mean, everything. I couldn't. I was thinking of all these words the other day. I was trying to. I was trying to help the guy out, but I just every single thing was pulling up a blank. And yeah, he's going to have to go by pressed on nipples for for a while, as far as I'm concerned. And is it like a, the like the most cruel form of irony that probably by the end of the season, when you get everything dialed in, and you're probably at your quickest. Winter hits Wisconsin and you got to put the bikes away for the year and then like start afresh the whole, you know, start everything anew next, the next year. I guess that's when bench racing takes over is like wintertime sitting around eating chestnuts and uh, beavers or whatever the heck you guys eat up there. In Wisconsin. <laughs> we don't eat chestnuts and beavers. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <Hide> for half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. That's what I was thinking. I, I didn't know what you do with the meat. I, I just figured you probably ate it. So there you have it. They wear the pelts. They don't eat the meat. So beavers, caribou, watch out. Uh, at any rate, hey, that's, that was a great story. I'm sorry you had to suffer through that audio. Uh, hopefully you were able to hear everything they said because it was really important how this starts as a grassroots sort of effort to get people to come together and race. Uh, you heard Michelle say it, you know, more women need to get out there and race. She went to that Car Chicks event with uh, Jeanette Desjardins, and unfortunately she was the only, only girl there on a bike. And she's the only girl on this top 10 list. And I beg you, women racers, uh, make your way up there. Give Michelle, you know, a hand in beating the asses off of these boys. So at any rate, it's really cool. Jason Goldmeyer for putting the whole thing on and starting this series. It really means a lot that everybody gets a chance to race. And it's all for fun. You heard Chris say it. 
you know, you start putting money into this stuff and it kind of discourages people who need to like ramp up a bunch of stuff before they can even be competitive. So this is a really great way to get your chops down, get into racing, just get into a spirit of fun and community. And it's not a big deal if you lose, you know, you can only get better. So, and if you pay attention to their page, if you go to Facebook and look at the WIR's top 10 bikes, you'll see how they throw in uh, together as a community to help other racers get their bikes back on the road. They're always supporting everyone. They're always, you know, looking for parts here and there, uh, selling bikes to each other. So it's really cool just to see that whole community grow and be supported by each other. So good on you, mates. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention is that we had an email from a listener, Sam, now, Sam's buying a 2003 V-Star 1100, and he wanted to know about comms. Well, Sam, I talked with Mr. Singsheim and Michelle about this. The audio was so bad I couldn't salvage that part. But I wanted to tell you what, what, what they said and what my opinion is. Um, if you're looking for some comm systems, by the way, before we get into that, V-Star 1100 uh, rode one for a little bit. I could not turn on the thing uh you know, but it's a great bike for cruising and stuff. I'm really glad I'm a Yamaha fanboy, so I'm I'm glad you're getting on uh, Team Blue. And really good bikes, from what I remember. I don't remember a whole bunch of problems on it. Maybe you know, get on the forums and see what you're going to have to do to that thing. I just I remember it vibrated like you know a magic bed from the 50s. So that's just about the only thing I do remember from that thing is it'll scramble your eggs, my friend. But you know good for long trips, good for cruising. Now, as far as comms go, I am a solo dude. I'm a, I'm a one crow murder. I'm a one wolf pack, man. I don't usually go around. I usually rely on crazy hand signals and like I wave around like a maniac when I'm trying to communicate with my friends or other riders on the road. And, um, so aside from like two tin cans with a string in between them, which is not very effective. You got to ride in formation like the guys on chips used to do in order to use that system. I'm not too familiar with comms, but just from looking on the interwebs and listening to other shows like the Cafe Racer podcast, uh, I can tell you that Cena seems to be ubiquitous. And that's actually what Chris and Michelle use. And looking around, I was I was doing some research on some of this stuff and I remember back in the day, Chatterbox used to be the big thing, but you know, sort of like AOL, that's gone to the wayside. And Scala, um, the Cardo Scala Rider was also another one that I always heard of. And th- they've all seemed to be shadowed by Senna. And if you go to Senna and look at their their stuff and their products that they have, it's pretty amazing. I mean, they've got stuff. Chris uses a very basic uh, SM5, I think he said, or the SM5. FM, which is basically a Bluetooth communicator that'll play you radio, GPS, you know, um, Bluetooth to your iTunes, stuff like that, uh, all the way up to the SMH20. I take that back. It's the, the 20S. So here's the deal. Uh, if you're looking at the SMH series, which seems to be like the entry-level system, they have all the way from the five, which is basically what Chris uh, said he had, uh, the SMH5 FM, the SMH5, the SMH10R, and the SMH10. 
Now, all of these are Bluetooth compatible, intercom up to 900 meters. They have four-way intercom, universal intercom, which means that you don't need to you know, ha- link up with a bunch of dudes that have Senna's. Basically, they will link up with m- most other Bluetooth systems so that you can do like a pack riding sort of thing. Um, you can share your music. If you're linked up with another rider on another Senna, you can share intercom and music with that person. Um, if you go to Senna's website, which is Senna.com, S-E-N-A.com, uh, check out the 20S. I looked at the product review, uh, the product video for the 20S, and that seemed to be pretty awesome. It links up with your cell phone. It links up with your GoPro. It links up with, um, like I said, any. it's universal to other remotes. You can link up with most other Bluetooth users and, and talk to them in a pack situation. It also allows you to share your music. It allows you to link up to your recording devices and stuff like that so you can link cameras to it. They also do have a camera uh product though the 10c and that has a bluetooth system with a camera integrated and so it's good for moto vlogging and stuff like that if you don't get the 20s and link it to your gopro uh, you know so that you have like audio voiceover and stuff just get the 10c that has a built-in camera and the guys on the cafe racer podcast use these and they've made phone calls to each other they've even done a podcast i believe from you know, linking it to their Google Hangout on their phone, and they talk through the helmet, and basically you couldn't tell. I mean, this thing has excellent noise and wind cancellation. The reason I'm thinking about Senna rather than the other products available is because the amount... I looked up some of the uh, Scala Rider stuff and some Uclear stuff. I've, I think I've heard of Uclear, though. They seem like one of those companies that has like a bunch of stuff. And sometimes when you're like master of everything, you are like king of none, right? So I'm not 100% sure. I know that I've got maybe some headphones from them before for like TV viewing or something like that, like remote Bluetooth TV connection. But they they make some too. I mean, there's and Senna isn't the only company, but they're the company that I saw that had like their most richest products and some of the best accessories. They even have a helmet. Now, I don't know if you're going to be riding your V-Star with a halfy helmet or a full helmet, but they do have the, a cavalry helmet, which is a half helmet, that's got an integrated uh, system right into it. And the, the buttons are very low profile on the side. You can barely see them. And it fully integrates into the helmet. So it's pretty awesome that you just you get a half helmet and it's already got your stinking comm system built in. They also have the noise control helmet, which is a smart helmet for Senna. And they basically, you know, the helmet already has the comm system built into that one too, only it's a full face. If you go to their accessories and whatnot, you'll find out that they make, if you have a Harley Davidson and some of the other, you know, BMWs and stuff have audio systems built in. I can't remember that Yamaha does on any of theirs. I don't think they do, but uh, unless you get like the Tenere or something like that. But I think that, you know, they make accessories that plug right into the OEM. You know, Harley has an infotainment system. And if you get like most of the big baggers has like a CB console or an intercom console. So th- they make, Senna basically makes products that plug right into the OEM ports. And so that's really cool that they do stuff like that. That's, you know, they just have this huge rich line of products and accessories. And they seem to be the the one that has, you know, super reliable, reliable products and like the suite of products from the cheap 
to you know the the expensive no matter how, so you know depending on what you're gonna pay I am typically a cheap ass you know and I will go for like the stuff that's cheap on Amazon or you know whatever I can find on on Bike Bandit and whatnot but even if you go to Revzilla and stuff like that is they seem to like focus primarily on the Senna just because it seems to be out there it's similar to you know, if you're if you're looking at a bike or a car that you want to buy, you want to get one that's like real popular because that means there'll be a lot of parts for it and maintenance will be really cheap. You don't want to get you know no Ferrari or something. I know they're cool, but you know maintenance on that shit is crazy. Same thing with these Senna's. You break it, you probably can get it serviced or get a new one, even used perhaps, or upgrade to something that's got like a built-in accessory. So. I would say if you're gonna gonna do this, uh, go go the center route, Sam, and uh, that seems to be what I would put my money on is is Senna. I hope you enjoy cruising around in that thing, 2003 V Stars. Yeah, they were pretty cool. So uh, ride on. And that's about it for the show. This is a little bit longer than we've been doing lately, so I uh, hope you guys had a good time. I hope you didn't mind me blabbing so much this week, and, and I hope you uh, could please listen to the part. If you made it this far, I'm guessing that you made it through the audio there with the uh, number one and number three from the WIR Top 10 Bikes out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha. Wisconsin. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. Keep your wheels in the right time zone. Thanks, Paul, for the sign-off. Peace. Creative Writing would like to apologize to Sturgis, Harley-Davidson, Indian Motorcycle Companies, Brad the Bullet Baker, Slammin' Sammy Halbert, Jared Meese, Briar Bauman, Bronson Bauman, Henry Wiles, Brandon Robinson, Kenny Coolbeth, Brian Smith. Who else did we mention? Damn it. We are sorry to the Veterans Charity Ride. Please check them out. We are sorry to KTM and all the 90s that they have. The 390, the 690, the 990, the 1290, and the soon-to-be 790. We are sorry to AFT Promotions and Flat Tracker Apparel. Go check it out. We are sorry to Senna. We're sorry to the WIR Top 10 list out of Kukana and Waukesha and everywhere else over there in Wisconsin. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Chris and Michelle. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Yamaha FZ10 and V-Star 1100. Sorry to Ben. Uh, Thanks for stopping by and helping me out, because take it easy. See you later. And sorry to all the beavers, caribou, and chestnuts that get eaten by the poor folks over in Wisconsin. All right, that's it for the show. What the fuck was that guy's name? Oh shit. Sebastian Loeb. We're gonna make a woman's wet dream come true. What you can hear that? Get my mouth off the mic. Hot shit, you guys got a bunch of rules for recording and shit. Let me look at these real fast before I start making an ass out of myself. Too late, you're an ass. Too cute motherfuckers on the microphone. I wouldn't go that far. The only woman I'm gonna 
and whatnot. So anyway, that's just a little quick uh, information session. We don't eat chestnuts and beaver. <laughs>